AFCON 2010. The trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free makes its way to Denver June 21st through 23rd. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. AFCON 2010 is different from those other affiliate trade shows designed for the affiliate manager, where you can pay up to $1,500 just on a single registration. That's why AFCON 2010 offers you an alternative, a show that's free for affiliates, not to mention over 80% of our attendees are affiliates. AFCON 2010 brings you a wide range of sessions, essential for significant affiliate marketing achievement. Plus, we are proud to be working with Search Engine Strategies to present an additional day of all new search engine marketing sessions and tracks. Add unbeatable nighttime networking capped off by WebmasterRadio.fm's annual affiliate bash, and you have the complete affiliate trade show experience for free. Join the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates. June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. Feel you're getting the most out of your current affiliate marketing program? Find out as today's top advertisers and publishers unite on the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today. Join your hosts, Jeremy Palmer and Robin Walsh. As they share valuable insights on promoting strategic relationships, discuss the state of the industry, and offer you a rare glimpse into the minds of today's top players. See how to get the most out of your affiliate marketing program now as we present the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today, the industry's only broadcast, offering unique perspectives of both advertisers and publishers. And now, here are your hosts, Jeremy Palmer and Robin Walsh. Good afternoon and welcome to Affiliate Marketing Today. I'm Robin Walsh, here with my co-host Jeremy Palmer from Quit Your Day Job. Hello, Hello Jeremy. Everyone. Nice to have you back on, the, uh, on our call here. Um, today we're going to be talking about uh, building beneficial relationships with search publishers. We are going to be talking about search uh, from both the advertiser and the publisher side of the business. Uh, we'll also be taking a look at um, some of the, the items that some of the affiliate networks like Commission Junction uh, handle from a, a publisher compliance and support area of the business. And when we get into those fun subjects, we're actually going to have Todd Miller from Commission Junction join us. Um, so why don't we just hop right in and kind of talk about you know, what's going on with the, the search space today? Um, search has definitely evolved over the past few years, and it seems to be a, a constantly evolving space. And, and Jeremy, being uh, from the publisher side of the business, being a, a search marketer, I'm sure you're, you're very well versed in uh, the search area of the business. Um, I, I think it's, it's a good thing to, to look at first, really, who are the players in the search area? Um, you know, looking at the publishers, the advertisers, agencies, and, of course, the search engines themselves. Right. Um, well, the search space is definitely more competitive than it was when I began as an affiliate three years ago. Um, not only is it more competitive, but you see that the, the competitors are getting a little bit more sophisticated. Um, you already mentioned a few of the parties that are doing paid search today. Of course, you have the merchants. Uh, you've got merchants that sell direct. Um, then you also have merchants that might be original equipment manufacturers that are just creating some kind of uh, brand awareness. Um, then you've got, like, your product and service resellers, uh, search agencies, affiliates, and, of course, uh, depending on the keywords, you might even have competitors of those, of those same merchants on those same keywords. So as you can see, the, the space is, is 
getting a little more congested than it was, uh, but there's still a lot of opportunity out there for affiliates. Do you foresee that that opportunity continuing to grow, or, or do you see shifts in the way that consumers use search engines uh, affecting the the opportunity in general? Well, I think overall that the opportunity is there. It's going to continue to grow simply because uh, the Internet is becoming a bigger part of our lives. More people are jumping online. More people are switching over to broadband connections, spending more time online, making more purchases online. Um, you know, overall search traffic is, is growing as well. So as, as the market grows, so too does the opportunity for affiliates to grab a piece of that market. Great. Um, it's 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 interesting thinking about you know an expanding market. I know that you know thinking back a couple of years ago, and I'm not sure if as a publisher you've noticed this, but um, it's, as an advertiser and working on behalf of advertisers, um, I definitely noticed an increase in the number of of more small, maybe boutique type um, search agencies popping up. Um, it seems that over the past year or so, they seem to be um, condensing, and, and there's not as many coming up, and, and some of them have, have actually gone away as they, they couldn't make um, you know, a long-term business model uh, based on trying to run search campaigns for advertisers. It sounds like from the publisher side, though, you might not be seeing that, that same trend. You're probably seeing the same or additional people popping up in the space and, and being, making it more competitive. Well, I, I think you bring up a good point there. I, there used to be a, a lot more um, niche players in the search industry, smaller shops, and of course, I think a lot of those guys have, have probably long since gone out of business, and, and some of the bigger competitors are maybe you know getting a bigger presence in the space. Um, but I'm seeing that what's happening is that the people that are left standing are are much more sophisticated. Um, they have better tools. They're they're better equipped um, to measure ROI and to to more effectively manage campaigns. I think before um, people used to throw things at the wall and and just kind of see what stuck, and that's. Their basic search strategy now. I think they're they're really going in and they're doing um, high level keyword analysis. They're they're looking at day parting. They're looking at you know who, what, and when, and uh, they're really getting into the details of of who's making purchases and why. And um, so, like I said, I think in order for you to be competitive today, you have to be able to do that same kind of analysis, whether you're an affiliate or a search agency. Right. So uh, probably a lot of those get rich quick type agencies and, and publishers have, have come and gone, and it's really more professional marketers that are, are still in the space. Right. And like I said, you could get away with it before because it was a, a wide open frontier and anyone could stake their claim. But now, um, you know, it's more competitive. There's more people coming um, to the table. So certainly you have to know your stuff if you're going to last. Right. The, the Wild West days of search seem to be certainly over with. So um, so thinking about that, I'm sure that your role as an affiliate has changed dram- dramatically also. Um, what are you doing um, as, as an affiliate or publisher um, to, to work on search campaigns, and, and how do you handle them and get them set up? Well, of course, over the last couple of years, the search space for affiliates has changed probably more dramatically than for any other uh, group that we've talked about, uh, simply because Google has, has made some changes that has made it more difficult for affiliates to exist. Um, back in early 2005, affiliates 
could basically use the display URL for any advertiser that they were promoting. So, for example, you would see, you know, if you typed in some kind of a, an auction-related search or some product-related search, you might see five listings for eBay, and, and four of those five listings um, were affiliates. Well, Google came down and said that uh, that was no longer a good experience for their users and that they would only allow one display URL, um, you know, per advertiser, basically. And what that forced affiliates to do, a lot of them was, was kind of readjust. Rather than linking directly to the merchant's site, uh, they had to start building out landing pages and, and you know, actually adding some more value and, and more than just actually linking to their site. Um, but then this last summer, um, Google decided that was no longer good enough. It's no longer um, acceptable to just build a simple landing page that, you know, has kind of uh, light content. They're looking for, like, real value-add content, reviews, comparisons and things like that. And so um, with the latest changes that they've made to paid search um, this past summer, you've actually got to go in and create a, a real site and, and create real content for these merchants. You can't simply just uh, copy and paste uh, some brochure from their website or, or use a few banners and, and come up with some sales or marketing pitch. You really have to come up with some unique content. Right. Now, now thinking about, so you're building the content, you're you're effectively becoming an expert in that, that, that advertiser's space and what they can offer by building that content. Um, what kind of, of tools, just to name like your top two off the top of your head, that you'd be looking for from an advertiser to help you with that process? Well, I think one of the things that are most helpful are, are just any information you can get about their customers, um, who they are, how old they are, um, what they're looking for, um, just you know what type of keywords they're searching with, and, and just trying to get inside the head of the customer is probably one of the most important things. And then also just getting some content from them, um, but not just you know regular sales copy that they might have in like a banner or, or something like that, but some, some real content that you could repurpose on your own site um, and, and use so that you can, you know, actually get a site working in Google uh, to promote them. Right. Um, now, uh, talking about the, the general search space in, in, in this portion of the show, um, I think it's important to, to also bring up an item that has been very popular in the news recently, and I'm not sure how much detail we can actually go into today because it's a little bit out of our hands. But as a publisher, you're probably dealing with um, uh, click fraud. Right. How 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 are you monitoring that? How are you you know? Do you work with the search engines directly to try and figure out you know what is going on? Or are you just paying attention to some of the other articles and and news areas that are coming through? Well, I think click fraud is a huge problem. I think that the search engines have made big steps forward um, as far as mitigating click fraud and, and the problem that it's become. But there's still a lot of click fraud that exists. And so while the, while the landscape may be improving, um, it's, it's still definitely a blemish on the search industry. And so it's really up to you as an affiliate to be very diligent in checking your log files, uh, monitoring your campaigns, and looking for any kind of suspicious behavior. You know, if you're seeing multiple visits from the same IP address and, um, you know, you see that they're bailing out of your site relatively quickly and they're, and they're not hitting any other pages, and, um, you know, looking for trends like that can really help you um, build your case. Um, for click fraud. And you really have to work directly with the search engines to do this. Um, you know, it's kind of, they put the burden of proof on you um, to, to prove your case as far as, um, you know, whether or not the, the traffic is fraudulent. And so just 
tracking everything and, and really monitoring your log files and, and looking for any kind of suspicious trends is very important. And um, I think it's important to, you know, when you, notify, when you notice this, to notify the search engines right away as, as frequently as possible so that uh, you can get refunded. Um, and, and as an affiliate, you know, no one's looking out for you except for yourself. So don't, don't count on the search engines to, um, you know, give you a credit for what they suspect might be click fraud. Supposedly, Google and MSN and Yahoo are all going in and, um, you know, evaluating campaigns and, and re refunding clicks and things like that. But um, you better believe that that amount of uh, traffic that they're uh, basically reversing is very small compared to, to the real amount of click fraud that could be happening. Right. And, and as you're talking, the, the, the key bottom line that, that I keep thinking about, you know, I always have my, my little advertiser hat on, is, is that, you know, the, the search marketers that are, are here now, there's a lot more... Um, that needs to be taken into consideration. It is a much more professional type of uh, publisher and a, and a much different relationship between the today's search publisher and the, the advertiser than it was, you know, just two years ago. Um, so that's just a kind of an, a common thread that, that keeps coming up in my mind um, and something that I definitely, you know, hope that the advertisers do take into consideration and, you know, choose to work with if it's not all search publishers, but then just, you know, thinking about who are the top search publishers that they can trust and really think of as an extension of their marketing team. Right. Good point. All right. Um, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break? Uh, this way we can feed our sponsors. Um, a few housekeeping items. Uh, I just want to mention that you can tune into the show Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern. You can also download our recorded archive by uh, visiting uh, webmasterradio.fm. You can also subscribe to uh, Affiliate Marketing Today at iTunes, and you can listen to us through your cell phone at the MobileCast Network. We'll be right back. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. Attention webmasters, wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp, just click on genienose.com. Install a search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results and at your command, genienose.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our referral program. Genienose has delivered results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com now, experience the future of web design and development with a whole new level of efficiency, expressiveness, and simplified workflow. Introducing Studio 8, a compilation of the latest releases from Dreamweaver, Flash Professional, Fireworks, Contribute, and Flash Paper. Sure to inspire you to create superior online video sites and mobile content. And now, through this exclusive WebmasterRadio.fm offer, listeners can save a whopping $100 off Studio 8. Visit the online store at Adobe or contact Adobe Customer Services and provide promo code Webmaster Radio in order to receive your discount. Studio 8, your way to create. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Melanie, what can the problem 
This is going to be incredibly entertaining. I want to ask you a question that comes with controversy. Oh, There's now you're really of... tapping into it, Byron. See, now you get a chance to ask all the questions that you always wanted to know. Even better, this is going to be podcast so we can listen and laugh later. <laughs> this is one of your favorite things. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> It was Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. Yeah, no question. I think it was Tiger, 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 Tiger. <laughs> he is the name. I mean, he is what golf is uh, resting on right now. <laughs> I think he's a great team player. He did buy his wife a new yacht. Yeah, well, for that team, he's doing well. Yeah. But... <laughs> Get to know Melanie Mayer on Life Tips, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. <laughs> Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. We're back with Affiliate Marketing Today. I'm Robin Walsh. Here with my co-host, Jeremy Palmer. And we are talking about search. Um, one thing that I do want to, a couple of items, actually, that I wanted to touch base on before diving back in. Um, if you have any show ideas or feedback, please feel free to contact Jeremy and I at podcasts at cj.com. And that's plural, podcasts at cj.com. All right, hopping back into the search arena. Um, I think it's important before we go any further um, to really clarify two items, Um, and that is, you know, thinking about advertisers, who allows trademark bidding, you know, kind of what percentage of advertisers allow it right now, and what exactly does that mean? Um, So there are different items like broad match and phrase match that, that affect the listings, I think it's important for, for both publishers and advertisers to know that. Um, so why don't we just hop back in, and, and Jeremy, from, from your perspective of the advertisers that you've worked with or tried to work with, what percentage of advertisers are allowing trademark bidding? Well, that's a good question and one that's actually really difficult to answer. Um, if I had to say what percentage, um, based on my experience, I would just say less. Um, from 2003. Um, Back in 2003, when I first started as an affiliate, uh, trademark bidding wasn't something that was really restricted. Um, There were a few advertisers that had really strict and prohibitive policies like eBay and and a few others, Um, but at the time, for the most part, uh, anyone allowed you to bid on their trademark. And over the years, it seems like less advertisers are willing to to share their trademark with affiliates for a number of reasons. Um, You know, one, they might feel that they're not getting any additional value. Uh, Two, they might think that uh, they don't want their brand or something uh, being misrepresented or, or using the wrong kind of sales copy or something like that um, for their own branded terms and, and so on. So now I, w- I would say that there's probably less that allow it than, than do. And so as an affiliate, you have to be aware of that and, and make sure that you're on top of whatever their trademark and keyword policies are. And how do you keep on top of it? Well, I think one of the most important things to do is is read their terms and conditions or if, for example, you're working with an advertiser in Commission Junction, if they're utilizing the keyword link to to read that, but not only to read it, but to really understand it and and see where they're coming from because um, you might read it and think you get it, but you might still be violating their policies. And so it might also help you in some cases if you still have questions to call the advertiser up and and say, hey, this is what I understand your trademark policy to be. Um, Is this correct? Is this what you're trying to tell me? And just getting that 
clarification can, can really go a long way, and it also helps you to build a bridge with that advertiser um, as you're going to be working with them more in the future. Without a doubt. I mean, the trust factor with affiliate marketing is, I think, one of the, you know, uh, an item that we are constantly focusing on, um, you know, both from the advertiser and the publisher side, um, and building those relationships is is key to the success of any relationship. Um, so now thinking about those that, that do not allow it, um, oftentimes, you know, sometimes we'll see some publishers bidding on it, um, but oftentimes... A, a, a link from an affiliate um, bid might come up under a trademark term, but they didn't actually bid on that trademark. Can you kind of walk us through the process of what the different variations are f- that help to portray the, the search listings? For example, you're know, looking at broad match and exact match and all that fun stuff. Sure. Um, so basically, there, there's four different types of matching uh, that you can use as, as a search engine advertiser. Um, the, the first and most common is broad match. And basically what that means is if you have like a keyword or a keyword phrase, if it appears anywhere in the user's search query um, in any order, then your ad might come up. So for example, I'm just going to use one of your merchants. I think Lexington Law is one of your, one of your merchants in the finance space. Um, so for example, let's say that you were bidding on the word credit repair and somebody typed in Lexington Law Credit Repair, well, even though um, you might come up for that search because you're bidding on the word credit repair, you're not technically bidding on their trademark, Lexington Law, even though you're showing up for that search. And so it's, it's a really good um, thing to understand that just because you see affiliates popping up on certain searches, um, why are they showing up? Are they showing up when they're, they're searching for your exact term? Or are they showing up for some kind of a phrase or, or a bigger search? Um, the, the next type of match type is, is phrase match. And basically what that is 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 not only does it have to include the keywords when the user does the search, but it has to include those keywords in the exact order that the user typed them in. So um, going back to the, to the previous example, if you were bidding on the word credit repair, um, the user search query would have to have the words credit and repair, and in that order in their search um, for your listing to come up. So it's, it's very similar to broad match. Uh, the only difference is, is that the, the phrase match means that they have to be in the same order. The keywords have to be in the same order. They can't be out of order. Um, and, and then the, the next uh, match type is, is um, exact match, and that's basically where the user search query has to match your keyword exactly as you put it in. So it has to be in the same order, and there can't be any words before or after uh, that keyword phrase. And so um, that, that's very common to use for, for more popular keywords. To get a lot of search traffic, you'll see people not broad matching that, but trying to do exact matches because that will help filter a lot of traffic. And then the other match type that, that is very useful, and, and I've seen a lot of advertisers um, making their affiliates use this, is, is what's called negative match. And uh, one of the advertisers that I think uses this um, to protect their trademark the most is 1-800-CONTACTS. They're, they're another commission junction advertiser. And basically what they do is they don't mind if you bid on words like contacts or, you know, whatever, different types of contacts and, and so forth, but they, under no circumstances, do they want you to use words like 1-800-CONTACTS or contacts.com. But unfortunately, a lot of searches, you know, like let's say you're bidding on the word contacts, right, in broad match, and someone types in 1-800-SPACE-CONTACTS, well, your listing is going to show up. And so what 1-800-CONTACTS has made their affiliates do, essentially, is add, like, 1-800 as a negative keyword and contacts.com as a negative keyword so that you're not showing up even for these, these broad match search types. 
Um, so those are the those are the four basic match types there, and, and typically how they're used. Right. So it sounds like if you know an advertiser really does not want you to show up, like one eight hundred, that they that you really probably should use those um, the negative match as as part of your your listing, uh, just to be safe. Right. Exactly. Okay. Thank you so much for for going through those. I think it's very helpful, um, especially for for our advertisers to know, you know, how how have they come up? Because you know, I'll, I'll still receive some calls from somebody saying, "Hey, you know, so and so is bidding on my trademark," and you know, they're actually not bidding on their trademark; they're bidding on something else that is relative to it. Um, so, thinking about all these different items that that you as a publisher need to uh, pay attention to, um, you know, thinking about you know, advertisers normally, um, you know, not everyone allows trademark, but they might allow a few guys to do some trademark bidding or just some other bidding in general. You know, what's, what is your compelling story to advertisers as to why you can do it better um, or why they should allow you to, the chance to, to help them with their search campaigns? Well, I think one of the first things you have to do as an affiliate is, is show the advertiser that you're adding value and that you're not just piggybacking on their trademark. I think too often advertisers have the perception that if they allow trademark bidding that they'll see a bunch of affiliates bidding on their trademark and not adding value anywhere else. And, and I think that's a legitimate concern, certainly. But as an affiliate, it's your job to go in there and help them understand what value you are providing outside of the trademark. Um, so obviously a, a good reason that you should allow your affiliates to do a large percentage of your paid search is because um, they're more motivated. You know, they're they're paid on performance. If you're working with an agency, uh, chances are you're probably paying them some kind of a monthly retainer, and they may get a cut of the action as well. Whereas affiliates are paid strictly based on their performance. If they get a sale, they get a commission, and that's that's all there is to it. And so, really, it, it's kind of a no-risk um, sales channel for you as a merchant. Not only that, but you're working with a larger pool of talent. You know, if you're working with a search agency, they they probably have a, a small handful of experts in their company that are working on your campaign, and uh, you know maybe they don't know all of the angles, maybe they don't know all of the keywords, and and uh, again, it's just a smaller group that that is working on your search effort. Um, whereas if you're working with your affiliates, you're talking about a pool that could be hundreds or thousands large um, that are going in and and researching your competition, doing keyword research, and and trying to to find all the different angles basically that they can use uh, to market you. Um, so not only are you in more places, but you, you get more coverage. You you will own more of the real estate. I think one of the best ads I saw um, in, in Revenue Magazine, I believe it was, was this last summer. Um, I think it was for one of your competitors, actually, Linkshare. Um, it said, here's what you look like in search, you know, if you're doing your own search, and here's what it looks like if you have affiliates doing search. And it basically had the whole page covered with their ads and, and, and ads that were promoting that advertiser. And I just think that that was such a good point to make that it's like if you're trying to do this alone, you might be able to own um, you know, 10% of the listings on the page. Um, but if you're working with your affiliates and, you, and you're treating your affiliates right and helping them be successful, uh, you, know, you could own half the listings on the page or more. And uh, not only that, but if there's some things you don't have control of in the natural search results, um, like uh, some consumer complaints or something about your product or service, and you want to push those further down the page by encouraging uh, more paid search listings, that's another good way to, to get your affiliates involved and, and uh, push those results further down the page. Well, sounds kind of like a no-brainer. <laughs> right. 
All right, so now that we know why um, advertisers should allow publishers to uh, help them with their search campaigns, I think it's a, a great time to to introduce Todd Miller from Commission Junction. Um, Todd is uh, in the role of our publisher compliance and support, and he's really here to help advertisers uh, make sure that, that their trademarks are being used in an appropriate manner um, and all that fun stuff. So, Todd, why don't you uh, say hello, and uh, you can probably give a better overview as to what your your day-to-day looks like than I can. Sure. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Todd Miller. I'm uh, here at Commission Junction. I'm the manager of publisher compliance and support. And uh, so, yeah, one of the things that we do on a daily basis is help advertisers make sure that their trademark rules, their brand rules, are all being uh, followed by our publishers. Great. Um, so thinking about that, what what is the exact role of somebody like Commission Junction in this in this space? Sure. Um, well, mostly we're here to m- help make sure that the advertisers are are making sure that their copyrights and their trademarks, their branded terms, and and all those things are being used by publishers uh, in a manner that is compliant with both uh, the terms and conditions for whatever network is involved, as well as any specific terms and conditions for uh, for affiliating with that particular advertiser. Okay, and what what level of detail does that go down to? Because I, I know that you know when publishers join uh, most programs, there there are some terms and conditions, whether it's a network wide uh, set of terms and conditions or an advertiser specific set of terms and conditions. How how do you differentiate be- between the two, and are you responsible for both terms and conditions? Uh, we we are. Uh uh, we help advertisers uh, protect their trademarks, so we we do have some responsibility there. Um, generally, what we're going to be doing is working with the advertiser to make just to determine exactly what their particular comfort level is. And this kind of touches back on on what Jeremy was saying uh, a little bit ago about some advertisers are okay with uh, publishers using trademarks and and some aren't. And then you know we work with the ones that that have concerns about exactly what they want their restrictions to be, exactly what they would like us to enforce, and what that protocol for enforcement will be. And and what I mean by that is um, what kind of steps will be taken with the publisher to either uh, get the publisher to correct the action, or if the publisher is not correcting the action, take whatever steps are necessary to make sure that the uh, the trademark term is protected. Okay, great. Um, and what kind of tools do you have uh, to monitor? Well, here at Commission Junction, we have uh, a whole variety of tools, and, and they're both uh, systems that we have, uh, and those are both active and passive detection. And we also have our staff uh, trained up on a lot of the issues that Jeremy touched on, broad match, phrase match, geo-targeting, uh, and things that, that can make it appear that there's trademark infringement going on when there may not necessarily be trademark infringement going on. So we definitely make sure that we're checking that uh, there is an infringement happening before we take any steps with the publisher. Okay, great. Um, so thinking about the overall search space, and I'm sure that, that you are quite busy all day long trying to deal with um, compliance, um, you know, we're, we're often talking about, you know, talking to the publishers. Okay, they've done something wrong, they've done something wrong. But what role do advertisers play in this process? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, um, it seems that if, if the advertiser doesn't know what's going on or, or where they want their uh, terms to be, I'm sure it makes your job a lot more difficult. It can be, and that's one of the reasons why we try and work with the publishers to figure out exactly what their comfort level is in terms of publishers using their trademarks. 
some are okay with it, some, are, some aren't. Some have, uh, like, you know, in our keyword link, they have, you know, do not outbid, uh, do not bid on this at all, and then there's the, the keywords that are selected as, you know, run with them and, uh, and, and promote fully under those. Okay. Um, and conversely, the, the role of the publisher. So they're mm. obviously the ones, you know, the most, the most liable or have the most risk you're going yes. back to, to Jeremy's section earlier. They're they're the ones you know spending their money at the at the uh, initial upfront of the of the click, um, mm-hmm. and so they're really taking on a significant amount of risk. What kind of things should the publisher do or be responsible for to to help them mitigate that risk? Sure, that's a great question, and you're absolutely right because the publishers are the ones who are going out and they're spinning the clicks and 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 driving the traffic, and they just need to make sure that that kind of promotional method is okay with the advertisers. So, again, touching on what Jeremy said, he, he had a really good insight. Uh, if the publisher, I'm I'm sorry, if the advertisers' trademark rules are not clearly set out either in their uh, terms and conditions or in their program description or in their keyword link, if it's a commission junction, then I think it's really imperative for the publisher to contact the advertiser just to clarify what the policy is. Um, it, and I really strongly suggest that just because you are making this outlay of, of, of money to, to promote the advertiser, so it's really a good idea to make sure that the advertiser is going to be okay with that promotional method. And when we're talking specifically about Commission Junction, uh, our publisher service agreement makes it pretty clear that a publisher is, is responsible for their promotional methods and and can be held accountable for them by the advertisers. So we don't want any instances where uh, where publishers and advertisers are are are, are having uh, bad relations because of trademark infringement. So I just strongly suggest that they check what the rules are, uh, double-check to make sure that they understand them, and if there is any ambiguity in them all, at all, just to, to contact the advertiser and, and clarify those. Okay, now, let's say we, you know, you, you helped to find somebody or an advertiser said, hey, this person's been on my trademark. What, what are the, the legal ramifications, or what's that, that process uh, once something has been found and you know, the advertiser might want to take a, a, the, an additional step um, to, to, you know, if the publisher's been unresponsive. Uh, sure. Well, the trademarks are, f- are solely owned by the trademark holders. So in terms of our legal responsibilities, we, we really need to work with the publisher to make sure that there is no infringement going on. So what we're going to do is we're going to work with the advertiser and understand exactly what their escalation protocol is going to be, but... Uh, our standard protocol would be we're going to contact the publisher, let them know exactly you know what keyword is involved, what search engine the listing is on, uh, a URL so they can go back and see the ad perhaps, and just inform them you know this needs to be removed within a certain amount of time. Usually that's 24 to 48 hours um, before that there is some other next step. Now it depends on the advertiser. That next step may be another warning. That next step may be reversal of commissions. It just depends on, on what the advertiser's specific rules are, which, uh, to Jeremy's point, is why it's so important to make sure that you know what the advertiser's rules are. Hey, Todd, I had a quick question for you. Sure. Um, I, and this is more just out of curiosity, but what type of methods do you see that some, I don't know, rogue affiliates are using to try and get by you guys on the trademarks? Like, what are some of the most common tricks and, and things that they're trying to use to, to fly under the radar for a trademark violation? 
Sure. Ah, yeah, absolutely. Probably the most common thing that we see right now is geo-targeting to try and avoid uh, having the ad display in areas where there, uh, a publisher may suspect that there's a commission junction office or a value click office. And we have a number of ways to, to try and, and, and defeat that attempt, uh, proxies, et cetera. Okay, good. And I suppose that there's probably some advertisers that are doing that on their own as well, trying to detect geotargeting. Yeah, and many different advertisers do have many different um, satellite offices and locations. That it's it's oftentimes between uh, you know Commission Junction um, and the advertiser and, and ValueClick. It's it's from from our pool. It's very difficult to to get by that for any extended period of time. And you know what I find to be one of the more effective, um, I don't know, compliance teams is, is affiliates themselves, is basically monitoring each other and policing each other. Um, there's no way that you can possibly know where every affiliate is that you're competing against, where their locations are, and, and whether or not they can see your ad. So between Commission Junction, who has a dedica dedicated team to do this, between the advertiser and your competitors, um, it's, it's very difficult to get away with, uh, you know, trademark bidding if, if you're not supposed to be doing it for, for any length of time. Yeah, that's another excellent point, and uh, and we definitely uh, encourage uh, the community, the affiliate community, to submit incidents to us where they think that there may be a compliance violation going on. We will go ahead and and uh, and check into that and run an investigation and make a determination if or if not there is a, a violation occurring. Let me ask you another question. Um, do you get more complaints regarding trademarks from publishers, or do you get more complaints from advertisers? Um. Much more from advertisers. Okay, I was just wondering if there would uh, be more competitors out there trying to, uh, you know, out some rogue affiliates or something like that. Uh, we do get we do get notification from publishers. I, I don't mean to make it sound as if we don't, but in terms of the percentage, it's much larger from advertisers. Okay, good to know. Do you also see anyone um, doing uh, time of day uh, bidding? So you know, it used to be a very popular practice to see. Uh, yes. Things coming up on the weekends when nobody was in the office. Is that still sure. a concern? Uh, that still does happen occasionally, but we have systems that, uh, that try and defeat any day parting that's going on like that. Excellent. So catch them one way or another. <laughs> that's right. Cool. Um, well, it's about time for a break. Um, we will be back in a couple of minutes uh, with Affiliate Marketing Today with uh, Jeremy, Todd, and myself. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, textlinkads.com. Are you getting the most out of your online advertising? 
Now get more from your media spend with superior real-time targeting and creative optimization technology. Get more now from Casali Media. Casali Media. Save big as Casali Media's ad experts place your premium campaigns across the web's hottest properties at the most competitive rates. Want more? Get, get more. more. Visit casalimedia.com slash more to request your media kit. Casali Media. Advertising online is better here. Casali Media. Welcome to the Daily Search Cast. Dig beats Google News on the Rumsfeld story. Dig is in the doghouse. You know, I mentioned yesterday how, like, we, we had a story get dug, and then all the people were, like, at Dig commenting, like, and why'd they get dug rather than the actual story? Like, it was, like, our fault that somebody went through and submitted it or whatnot, and I sillyly posted out there. Anyway, so oh, Danny's going to do, bad. Danny's going to post a link to it in the dailysearchcast.com. That's right. Find yeah. the comments and give us a whole bunch of digs. And while Thank you're you. at it, just keep submitting our stories to dig and also to iTunes. And you can also buy the t-shirt. No, you're going to be t-shirts. And you'll get a free yo-yo from it. Barry will send a yo-yo to everybody who gives him a dig. Oh, and then we'll get banned from dig because you're not allowed to give away yo-yos for digs. <laughs> the Daily Searchcast with Danny Sullivan. Now five days a week. Monday through Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. Fridays catch the Week in Review as we play back all four of this week's shows at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host... Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. I'm Robin Walsh, here with my co-host Jeremy Palmer and our special guest this week, Todd Miller from Commission Junction in our publisher compliance and support. Um, so we have been covering some of the, the basics of, of what's going on in the search space today, You know why affiliates do a, a good job with search, and then also looking at some of the uh, compliance sections and, and trying to figure out you know, how do we really monitor this, this industry and monitor these, these publishers. Uh, so we've already hit a lot of in- great information. I'd love to now just kind of walk through really what are the best practices um, and looking at you know best practices, probably separate them out first for advertisers and then for publishers. Um, and again, you guys can feel free to hop in at any time. I know that these are some of the items that, that I share with my advertisers on a pretty regular basis. Um, you know, jumping off, I think the most important aspect is having a very clear policy. If you don't know what you want or you don't know what you don't want, um, it will be very difficult for you to enforce anything, and it gives a, a very mixed message to your publishers. So set those expectations right up front. Include information um, in many different areas, uh, your advertiser detail page, your welcome email, your keyword link if, if you happen to be a, a CJ advertiser, um, in your, if you have terms and conditions or if you have a, a separate legal document uh, for affiliates, definitely include those terms in there. Uh, Jeremy, is there anywhere else that, that you go to look for aside from uh, reaching out directly to the advertiser? Well, no, I think you covered it pretty well. I think that it really is up to the affiliate to make sure that they're um, familiar with the keyword policy, but also advertisers just need to make it easier for affiliates to find that information. If it's buried somewhere in a legal document that's 15 pages long, what are chances that um, affiliates are going to adhere to that policy? Whereas if, um, like Robin had suggested, it's actually on your advertiser detail page, uh, maybe it's in your welcome email, and, and you really make, a, make it stand out in all of your um, you know, communications and your, your marketing collateral, 
federal with affiliates, um, they're going to take notice and, and they're going to be more likely to adhere to it. Um, I think one of the other things that can be a point of confusion oftentimes for affiliates is when you have, like, maybe an arrangement with a few select affiliates that are allowed to bid on the trademark, and you don't specify that anywhere um, in your documents that, you know, you've, you've allowed certain publishers or whatever to, to bid on your trademark under these circumstances. I think oftentimes what that means to affiliates is even though you guys might have this, this search policy or this trademark policy is that other people are doing it, um, it's not enforced, so I'm going to do it. And so you need to make sure that um, not only you clarify exactly who, not you don't necessarily have to list the sites, but you can basically say, you know, we, we allow two or three of our, our premier search partners to, to bid on our trademarks, and, and if you're not one of these, you know, publishers, essentially, you're not allowed to do it. Um, and, and just kind of explaining, uh, you know, maybe why that is. You know, these, these are some of our top performers, uh, proven performers, whatever. Um, I, I think that will really go a long way in helping new affiliates to understand um, what, is, what exactly it is that you expect. Um, and then just, again, enforcing your search policies. Um, if you have a, a no-trademark policy and you've you know, neglected to, to review the search engines and, and keep up on it, then don't be surprised to find you know, numerous affiliates bidding on your trademark and, and, and then thinking that it's okay, especially if they've been doing it for a long time. So it's, it's really up to you um, to, to go in and monitor and police that on a regular basis. Absolutely fantastic points. I yeah, I can't agree more with Jeremy on that one. Um, the next one, thinking about uh, knowing what is truly constituting misuse. So uh, Jeremy was kind enough to share some of the definitions um, of you know the the different phrases, how they're used. You know, looking at negative matches, broad match, phrase match, exact match. Um, really understanding how search engines work um, and, and keeping up to date as to how they are working because they, they do change their algorithms pretty you know frequently. Uh, so it's really important to know exactly what's being bid on and know when to send up the red flag that somebody is bidding specifically on a trademark as opposed to some other broad term. Um, and then thinking about, you know, recommended actions. So, so let's say you have found somebody and you're sure that they're bidding um, on your exact trademark. What do you do then? Um, you know, with uh, something like Commission Junction, you know, that's when, when Todd's role comes in. Um, and Todd, maybe you could take, you know, a, a minute or two uh, just to kind of walk through what the actual process is and, and how an advertiser should react. Certainly. If an advertiser finds a publisher that they suspect or, or have determined to be uh, infringing on their trademarks, then they can report them through the report a publisher function of the interface, and that will come directly to my team, and we will uh, take instant action on it in terms of an investigation to confirm what is happening and then whatever steps are necessary to make sure that the publisher no longer is trademark infringing. Now, quantify instant action. Well, as soon as we get the report, either I will investigate it or I will assign it to someone on my team to begin an investigation. So, I mean, I don't want to leave you the impression that it's in real time, but it's in pretty close to near real time. Aside from probably late nights and weekends. Um, yeah, I think we can go ahead and safely say that, although yeah, uh, we have some people... Clear. We do have some people on call, so, uh, you know, it, it shouldn't go the entire weekend without, any, without someone seeing it. 
Okay. Well, that is good to know. That's, that definitely should help set the expectations mm-hmm. uh, with the advertiser. And then also thinking about, you know, what is the right course of action? Um, is it trying to uh, notify the affiliate, let them, give them a chance to take it down? Um, you know, there could be some miscommunication as opposed to just saying, you know, hey, you know what, you, we saw you there once and you're out. Um, yeah. Some programs take a, a two or three strikes policy. Um, obviously, if somebody's not providing you value and they are clearly um, just have no regard for your terms and, and your um, goals for them as a, as, a, as a partner, then that, that relationship probably doesn't make sense. That's that's true, um, but we like to look at all these instances situationally, and whenever possible, we encourage rehabilitation of the publisher that that may be trademark infringing. Great. I think it's always important, you know, from an affiliate's perspective, that you fire a warning shot. Mm-hmm. I've seen um, certain affiliate managers get a little bit, um, I don't know, they maybe a little bit too far-reaching, and they they kick affiliates out for one violation. I, I think certainly there's got to be some room for. For forgiveness, at least for um, a first offense. That's just oh, yeah. my perspective. And and I don't disagree. We we definitely want to encourage rehabilitation whenever possible. Now, kind of flipping the the tide here and thinking about best practices for, for publishers with respect to to search. Um, so, Jeremy, you know, you are somebody out there who's 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 bidding. Um, you know, what are you looking at? You know, for for trademark versus some other um, more general search guidelines. Well, I think a lot of this session so far has just been focused on, you know, trademarks and, and why not and, and what you do when you find someone that's bidding on the trademark. And what I'd really like to do now is just take a few minutes to talk about, um, you know, what you should encourage your affiliates to do in terms of, of keywords and things like that. So, so first of all, you've, you've made that trademark policy very clear to them, but now you want to go and, and help them um, market your product. So, so what keywords do work? Um, you know, what keywords can I bid on that, that might convert well for me or that you found convert well for other affiliates? Um, um, what are some good negative matches that I can add to my campaign so that I don't waste money on, on clicks that, that uh, might be junk clicks or something like that? And, and really reaching out and helping your, your affiliates understand um, how to market your product, I think that is just so important. Um, because affiliates, you know, they're going to they're gonna do their best to promote you. I mean, they're, they're investing a lot of their money um, at, at a very high risk to them in paid search, and, and they don't want to waste money on, on bad clicks, on bad traffic. So really helping them understand what keywords uh, convert best I think is very important. Great. And I think you had also mentioned, you know, monitoring your own site logs for, for traffic and, you know, keeping an eye out for click fraud and, and items like that. Uh, it's probably a wise idea if you are investing significant finances into a search campaign on behalf of an advertiser. Right, absolutely. And uh, not only that, but just look at, you know, kind of survey the competitive landscape a little bit and, and see what other people are doing. Um, you know, if you are promoting a merchant and you're working with them and, and you see that maybe their competitors are bidding on their trademark and, and they're taking up a lot of the, the real estate and paid search, then, you know, maybe build a case for, for why it makes sense for, you know, you or, or, or for affiliates in general um, to be able to bid on their trademark. You know, for example, if, if you type in certain trademarks into Google, Google, um, you know, you might find that the actual trademark owner is, is pushed pretty far down the page, and, and it seems like their competitors have pretty much taken over the space. So if you see um, an opportunity like that where you can open up a dialogue with the advertiser about it, certainly uh, reach out and, and talk to them. I think most would be pretty receptive in that situation to, to reevaluate their trademark and search policies. 
Without a doubt, if you can give them a, a compelling story as to you know why you can do it and you can do it better, uh, I'm sure many of them will, will be able to take a risk and say, okay, you know, let's give it a try. Let's see what you can what you can do. Now that being said, I think you know a point that was brought up just a few minutes ago is making sure that you're not going out and looking to say, you know, okay, so I see five people bidding on this one specific advertiser trademark bidding must be okay. So I mean, I wouldn't recommend copycatting in that respect. That you know definitely look at their terms and conditions and make sure that it is okay. Some folks might have spe- special privileges. I can't even talk. Special privileges, or they might just have. Um, they might be bidding uh, inappropriately themselves, and that can also get you into big trouble. I think another important thing for affiliates to do is, is look for any kind of exceptions that they might have. Um, you know, maybe some some advertisers don't want you to bid on their trademark by itself, but it's okay to bid on some kind of a variation. So, for example, um, let's say you're, you're working with, um, I don't know, eHarmony, and you want to bid on the word eHarmony Review or eHarmony Rating or something like that. Is that allowed? Is that permitted? Because certainly um, that's, that's a place where it makes a lot of sense for your affiliates to be because the searcher is looking for some you know, objective information about you. They don't necessarily just want to go right to your site. So if you have an affiliate that's written up a really good review, maybe a comparison page with another one of your competitors or something like that, I think you might want to look at that exception. Um, You know, are your affiliates allowed to bid on misspellings? You know, clarify whether or not they can do that. Um, I know that uh, some advertisers that I've worked with, um, some of their their misspellings, um, the the search volume on their misspellings might actually um, outweigh um, the the correct spelling of of their trademark, which seems odd but I've seen it in a few instances. Um, So are your affiliates allowed to do that? And then, you know, are they allowed to to be in spaces where you're not? So let's say that you are advertising in Google and Yahoo and MSN, but maybe you don't have the time or the budget or or the energy to to advertise in some of these smaller search engines. Would it be okay for your affiliates to go out and use your trademark um, in those lesser search engines where you just don't have the bandwidth to be? Um, So so certainly look at some of those, those circumstances. Excellent. Well, it sounds like we've covered quite a bit today um, regarding search marketing, and um, I guess we can wrap it up unless there are any other final thoughts. No pressure or anything, guys? No, that's that's it. Yep, me too. All right. So I think, you know, key learnings, if you are the, the publisher, make sure that you're adding value. Uh, make sure that you're, you're paying attention to how your advertisers would like to work with you. Um, and vice versa, advertisers, you know, look at, at some of the publishers and, and if there are some real good search marketers out there who really do this for, for a living, you know, t- take a risk on them and allow them to, um, you know, bid on whether it be a trademark or, you know, do an extended search campaign with them and, and share some details as to, you know, what items that can help make them more successful. Um, I think that we are in an age of, of more professional marketers in this space. We are growing up a bit. The Wild West days are certainly over. Um, so, yeah, so uh, hopefully these search campaigns, especially this time of year, will be nice and fruitful for both publishers and advertisers. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, feedback, uh, please feel free to contact Jeremy and I at podcast at cj.com. Otherwise, you can tune into the show Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can also download the recorded archive at webmasterradio.fm. You can subscribe to the podcast at iTunes, and you can also listen to us through your cell phone at the Mobilecast Network. Thanks, everyone, and have a very happy Thanksgiving. Talk to you next week.